Hi, welcome to Tabletop Transmissions. Uh, as usual, I'm one of your hosts, Liz, uh, and joining me today are my two co-hosts. Hi, I'm Cassie. And I'm Fran. Alright, gang. So, um, first of all, hi, fans. Thank you for being patient with us last week. Um, <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit about camp. I'm not going to go too far, uh, but I had a good time. Uh, how are you all doing? Um, mostly okay. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> yeah, I'm on the tired side, but doing all right. Yeah, my wife had a spinal fusion surgery on Thursday, so we're all kind of recovering from all that. Yeah, I saw I saw her tweets. She mm. she seems to be good, but but kind of kind of out of it. Out of yeah. Oh, anesthesia. Fuck that noise. Uh, so, uh, how's how's gaming been for y'all? Uh, non-existent uh, for me because of my wife's uh, <laughs> surgery. Yeah. Um, let's see. I played in a board game on Friday night. Um, uh, uh, Mansion of Madness. Oh, cool. uh, Ooh. That was... Because you didn't show up to watch Doctor Who because you had to be at your wife's surgery. So we just all played uh, Mansions wow. of Madness. <laughs> way, to, way to dig the knife in. <laughs> Thank you. Whatever. Thank you very much. Um, and, uh, and then on Saturday we played um, uh, uh, Rise of Tiamat. Is that and going then well? Today... Hmm? Is that going well? Yeah, it's going pretty well, actually. Uh, we're, we're playing with... We're playing with the son of one of our original college players um, who has sat in a bassinet and listened to us play before. So that's kind of nuts. And now he's 15. And, and now he's 15 freaking years old and plays like a surly teenager. And, and um, yeah, it, it's been really entertaining. And then today uh, we kind of broke the temple of elemental evil. And I can tell you guys that story <laughs> if you want, or you can just look at my Twitter. Uh, no, okay, you. I want you I want you to go ahead and explain this because I was looking at your Twitter and I don't understand what happened. I haven't seen it yet, so I, I'll be fascinated. Okay, so um, <clears throat> the Temple of Elemental Evil is uh, its a classic module reimagined for 5th Ed. Um, it has some really great stuff in it. It's been an awful lot of fun to play. It has a few uh, really weird design issues and we kind of came across one today so basically you uh i'm gonna give a little spoiler warning for people who might want to play this in the future i am going to talk about stuff and i'm also going to give you something that your dm may really hate you for telling uh, for me telling about um so this is your opportunity to turn down the uh podcast and fast forward a little bit um we basically underground there's this um this dwarven uh abandoned city underneath the summer hills um where a bunch of elementalist cults one for each of the four elements because you know that's fun uh have set up camp we are fighting our way through from one to the next um wiping out these idiots before they try to blow up the world with elements we get to the Fire Temple, um, and they have a bunch of uh, uh, Azer 
slaves. Those are the flame dwarves that live on the elemental plane of fire. Um, we rescue these guys and we're kind of looking around for a good place to rest and we find a little secret room. And outside the little secret room, there are piles of rotted books that have been decomposed by something called brown mold. Now, brown mold, if you've played D&D, is this stuff that, um, it's a mold that emits cold um, and reacts very strongly to heat. As in, if you bring a torch near it, it will grow by 10 feet. Honestly, it sounds a lot like my first apartment. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So we're we're sitting here and you know we're in the fire we're in the fire temple so naturally it has a lava feature because you know when you move in that's like the first thing you install as a fire cult is a lava feature. So there's this massive chasm of evilness that falls down into the dim depths of darkness and below you can see the glimmer of lava from lower levels of the dungeon where things that are higher CR than you could possibly manage at level 9 are obviously tromping around going, I hope those adventurers don't come down here. And we start joking about why the, you know, why did these guys leave this stuff around? I mean, all it takes is one of those guys to walk in here with their flames turned on and, and they have to shut off this whole room. They didn't even put up a rope to keep them out. And I, being a smartass, say, has anybody seen any buckets? And everybody looks at each other, and we go, oh my god, we totally could do that. And the DM says, totally could you, what? Well, if we scoop some up in the bucket and we drop the bucket down the hole into the magma in the lower level of the dungeon, what would that do? And the DM's like, I'm honestly not really, and everybody starts brainstorming at once, like, well, okay, so we could use Mage Hand to scoop this stuff in so that nobody's hands get frostbite and we don't lose any fingers, and then we could use the Mage Hand to carry it out and drop it down the hole, and now, oh my god, we totally have to do this. And uh, at this point, our DM is like, I, I have to go to the internet for a minute. <laughs> and so he hops on and starts looking around Reddit, and it turns out we're not the first people to have some of that idea, but most of the folks have been a little bit less ambitious. They've used it on the cultists, or they've dumped it in some of the lava to shut down the forges that are in this level. Nobody's gone, let's throw it into the center of the earth. <laughs> so we, being us, are like, yeah, we got to do this. So my character, who's an Aarakocra monk, writes the words, karma is a bitch on a piece of uh, parchment and sticks it in the bucket. We scrape a bunch of the stuff in and we drop it down the hole. Um, and the light down below goes out. God. <laughs> and we hear an ominous rumbling noise and we go, we should really get out of here. So... We all run like crazy because it's a dwarven city, and so there are elevators to the surface, and luckily we are able to find one. We climb aboard, and it starts rising slowly, and then it starts rising faster, and then it starts shooting up the rails at such a speed that we're pressed to the bottom, and there are rocks falling on us and doing damage as we're coming up, and we emerge at very high speed into the upper atmosphere, um, up above the Sumber Hills. Basically, we're shot out of an air cannon into the, <laughs> into the air. 
and luckily we have enough magic users that we don't all just die. Um, but as we sort of fall slowly down, we can see that the terrain of the Sumber Hills itself is changing under our feet. There is basically uh, a, like a dome, a lava dome forming beneath us. Um, and there are four columns shooting up out of the ground. One of them is shooting water. One of them is a got is a, a jet of air. Another one is a geyser of stone and earth, and the other one should be fire, but it's just a big cloud of brown mold. <laughs> and we see I, I, elemental art. We see the you know the magic elemental artifacts you're supposed to go in to shut down get blown off to the four corners of the world. So we we're still going to have to go deal with all of that, but. Uh, they, they ain't going to be playing down there no time soon. I am seeing Dean's, the DM's face in my mind yeah. when all of this is happening, and that makes yeah. it so much sweeter. His jaw <laughs> dropped, but he was just like, yes, no, you have to do this now. Now that you have this idea, we absolutely have to do this. Yeah, so this is so. what happens when we play in a less <laughs> tight game than, mm-hmm. say, a yeah. tight module. Let me put it that way. Yeah, this the rules is, are this suck. Just, this is just a taste, Liz. Mm-hmm. I, no, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this, and all I can think of is I really want to send your, your DM a fruit basket <laughs> with a note that says, I'm so sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, we can talk about, do, we can talk about how we always used to try to do dungeons backwards. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> find the well, back door. That's just good adventure ring. Yeah. Find the back door. And, mm-hmm. and Jerry's theory that you, um, you don't go in the back door unless, unless you have permission. Yeah, exactly. Well, but now, just... <laughs> now I want to send your DM a fruit basket and a copy of Dungeon Crawl Classics. <laughs> Actually, this DM ran us through Dungeon Crawl Classics. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. It didn't go well. So this is this is no. kind of our revenge for his revenge, really. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's fair then. Yep. So I guess I do have one bit of um, role-playing news. I um, I haven't really done anything with it or looked at it yet, but I just got. Uh, Vincent Baker, Vincent and Meg Baker's new game, The King is Dead, it just came in the mail the other day, because um, I kickstarted it, and um, it has the basic, I, I got the biggest thing, so it's got the basic game, and it's got all the optional card decks to, to, to expand the rules and blah, 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 mm-hmm. but um, we haven't played it yet, obviously, but I'm hoping that some Friday night soon, we can, uh, we can do that, Fran. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd love to. Oh, yeah, and that reminds me of something that I kickstarted that has finally arrived, which is the Expanse role-playing game. Oh, um, so which, jealous. Oh, it looks <laughs> so fun. Um, Sarah's already rolled up three characters just to just to find out. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just really fun. Well, I um, I seem to be suffering. I, I don't know what I'm suffering from. I guess just <laughs> just the dumbs. Because um, last night was our Star Trek game. Mm-hmm. So, mm. so I spend... So I do... I, I get done when I need to get done Friday. And then, you know, I, I spend the afternoon prepping, getting stuff ready. And, you know, just generally making sure everything's all set. 
we get mm. there and we start playing and the my players are looking at me and they're like, Liz, we did this last time. Oh, oh my gosh. I I forgot I just forgot. I just, oh. I just ran. I just ran the same session twice. Oh, oh my God, hun. Yeah, and that's 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 the tired right there. And they're yeah. like, they're like, Liz, do you wanna do you wanna just roast s'mores? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, it's just uh brain is. Oh, my brain is broken. But on the plus side, um, I've got stuff. I've already, I've already got stuff prepped for next week, so I'm not. But I've agreed to run three more games. Like three more mm. sessions or three more games? Oh no, three more games. Oh wow. Well, not like once a week, but um, I, I have enough people who can't come on Friday mm-hmm. that want to play. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna do like a once once a month uh, gaming and brunch. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's nice. So we should we should we should do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. I do, I always make way too many way too much huevos rancheros. So mm-hmm. oh, uh, so we're gonna do that, uh, and then uh, my entire camp cabin wants to play a game. And so, oh, nice. well, not my entire cabin, but like eight people. So I've broken it up into two groups, uh, West and East Coast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to be running uh, the Sprawl, which is powered by the apocalypse cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. You were talking about this uh, last time. Yep. And yeah. I think the other one, uh, because not everybody wanted to do cyberpunk. So the other group is going to be doing um, masks uh, hmm. from, oh, from wow. Magpie Games. I've heard of it. I haven't. I haven't played it. But is it is it good? I I've not run it before. I like it. I've read okay. it, and it's 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 so it's teenage superheroes, and right. it's, and mm. it's very much it's very much that genre and and I'm a sucker for Young Justice, Teen Titans, X-Men Evolution. <laughs> You're talking to one of the biggest Legion of Superheroes fans you could know. Yeah, yeah. Super, yeah, yeah, it's 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 good times. So yeah. I'm I'm doing those. I'm excited for for both of those. Um well, let me know how the masks go because I have had a certain someone namely Fran's wife who's been bugging me about running a Legion game for 15 mm. years now. And I have never found a system that feels right. Do you do you want to play? Uh, we're going to be doing. I don't know. I don't have an exact start time yet, uh, but it's going to be Tuesdays. I don't know if I can commit, but possibly. You'd be welcome with a drop in. Uh, yeah, just let me know. Okay, I'll have to get a copy of the game though. <laughs> I'll send. I'll send one. We'll we'll get it figured out. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I I no. I'm sorry. I did not uh, admit to piracy on the mic. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's um, okay. We're just talking about character creation. Yeah. And character creation, you know, it's fine if the the, D, the GM owns a copy and lets people look at it for character creation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's legal. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that's what I'm up to. I will I will give a shout out to uh, I guess I guess I'm skipping or I'm doing it early, but uh, Modifius, the the folks that make Star Trek Adventures. Um, 
I was having some issues with some of the rules, and they actually released a really good starter adventure. Mm-hmm. Three parts that walks you through all the rules. And I'm like, oh, fucking finally. I shouldn't swear so much. Um, but finally, this is, ah, that explains how this works. Yeah, I I mean, a good nothing beats a good starter adventure. Um, mm. Like, I started running the, um, the starter adventure in the back of Pugmire. Um, only ran one. Uh, only ran one session, unfortunately, because we just never got it back together. Mm. But um, running, reading the adventure, the rules, some of the rules that were a little esoteric to me made so much more sense. Mm. All right. Well, let's, um, let's kind of shift gears here. So I want to talk about something that, um, Cassie, that you sent me. I think mm. it was, no, I think it was you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was me. Yeah, it was you. Um, the nine principles of dream, uh, from sword dream. Okay. I've got it right here. So let me talk a little bit about sword dream and explain that I don't fully understand it. It seems to be a movement that's grown out of, um, a wish to escape the toxicity of the, um, OSR, the old style Mm role-playing, uh, movement. Um, some of those OSR is fantastic, but but there are a lot of what they call bad actors involved in um, movement and discussion. And um, someone sent me basic basically it's um, it's sword dream is sort of what they came up with, but it's uh, but the principles are asterisk dream because you're supposed mm-hmm. to do whatever feels best for you, like fire dream. Yeah. Um, Water dream, you know, whatever feels best. But I've got the principles right here. So let me read them out, okay? All right. right Number one, dream stands against hate and prejudice in all forms. We seek to actively oppose bigotry and harassment in gaming communities. Number two, dream works to be radically inclusive. We seek to support and encourage creators, GMs, players, and organizers from marginalized groups. And we seek to get better at this all the time. Three, dream encourages the use of sensible tools for communication and consent. Four, dream opposes harassment and strives for non-toxic discourse. We assume the best intentions. We call in before calling out, which is really hard, by the way. And we start discussions before we make accusations. But if best intentions aren't present, we will call out. Five, dream values creators and their work. We support equitable pay for professional creators and fair treatment for hobbyists. Six, Dream values a DIY approach to creation. We question gatekeeping. We take alternative approaches when traditional publishing modes fail, and we believe anyone can make great games. Seven, Dream values experimentation in game design and world building. Eight, Dream isn't defined by, but is interested in, Anti-canons, emergent story, generative worlds, kit bashing, nonviolent play options, and more. It's fine if some of these things contradict each other. Nine, there is no one dream. Anyone who commits to these principles is dreaming. Um, so, I mean, one of the interesting things is this whole thing was brought to my attention uh, in a discussion where basically a... An OSR guy stuck his nose into a discussion, 
and um, was incredibly toxic. And, you know, it was like, you know, well, D and, D, I, I don't even want, remember exactly some of the stuff mm. he said. And I blocked him finally. So mm-hmm. he's like, D&D was, is a, was predominantly, a, 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 original D&D was predominantly a male thing. And it's like that's not true. <laughs> that that is yeah. a complete sure. ignorance of 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 role playing history in in, mm-hmm. in in every way. And you know he would keep going on like this, and finally he um, started making comments and then deleting them. So me and the other person could see them, but we couldn't mm-hmm. respond. That's when I blocked him. Um, but basically, the first Google um, result for Sword Dream, because I went looking for more information about it, is. Some grognards on on um, RPG.net complaining about how Sword Dream is a SJW gaming. Yeah, but, like every like there are more posts about how horrible and liberal and you know gay space communism it all is than there <laughs> actually are posts talking about how to do it and what it means. Yeah, and I mean the thing is that the the thing is that the argument that this guy was making was things like it's all about gatekeeping. If you don't agree with their politics, then they don't want to let you in their space. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, if you don't agree with their politics with with these principles, I don't want you in my space, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I um it's I mean I hate to use the term grognard because that's become such a uh you know, loaded term. But um it's yeah, so I was really impressed and I asked on Twitter for more information from someone about this and I got all kinds of people talking to me, but not I'm still a little confused about it, but someone did send this. Sword Dream is a genre of tabletop role-playing games that innovates on RPG design principles rooted in older versions of Dungeons & Dragons, with a heavy emphasis on DIY ethics and artful design. It's also intended to serve as a safe space for writers and designers that shirks the baggage and toxicity of similar movements. A central tenet is that there can be no barriers to entry. Um, the only the only issue I have with that is that a lot of people are saying, oh yeah, it's not just it's not just um, D and D. It's 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 anything that embraces those principles. Mm. Um, apparently, there is going to be an event called Game. They're they're doing an event called uh, Game Jam to uh, mm-hmm. as if, um, to do sword, to discuss sword game uh, sword dream games. Mm-hmm. It's going to be on Itchio, uh, but mm-hmm. I haven't looked into that. I think it's happening later this month. Mm. Um, yeah, Vincent told me he 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 likes it. He's been following it a little bit, um, and he's interested, but he's not planning on participating in Game Jam, just watching. Mm-hmm. So, so that's basically what I know. Um, it's it's a co- very much a collective thing with people making it up all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. When I when I basically what I asked when I said, "How do I join up with this?" I was told, "You already have." So, <laughs> yeah, cool. I don't know about gatekeeping. I- I gotta say, I'm I'm kind of amused because it really does read very much like the Agile Manifesto for Software Development, which was <laughs> all course. about which was all about breaking down this you know slaves chained to their computers um, doing exactly what exel- executives say they told them to do um, kind of mode of software development. Um, Isn't Agile it, terribly broken? 
Uh, no, Agile isn't. Specific subparts, basically, uh, that's kind of like saying, isn't role-playing broken? Well, okay, no, sure. D&D is broken in some ways, and GURPS is broken in different ways, and, you know, there are a bunch of different ways to do Agile, but the Agile principles basically say, um, we don't want to be tied down to specs and documentation, and, well, you said you would have it ready by this date. What we want to do is work closely with customers, listen and talk to each other, and develop better, um, better approaches rather than relying on what we did before. Um, and it really does feel like this is the same kind of thing as a bunch of people who have been in the industry and been in the, uh, in the hobby for a long time and understand a lot of the limitations and a lot of the things that people are having problems with, sitting down and going, here are some things that we want to say are priorities. Not that there's necessarily a specific method underlying them, although you could derive methods from this, but here are things we value more than the things that we predominantly have right now. And I, I really like it. I think it's very well written, and I think it's a, I think it's a great thing to, you know, potentially hang up in a, a gaming store and just to say, look, I'm not telling you how to run your games or how to play in your games. What I'm saying is, are these things you want? And if these are things you want, there are lots of other people who want them too, and yeah, we should press for these. Yeah, and, and, it, and like I said, there seem to be games being designed with Mm -hmm. with these principles in mind from the get-go, mm -hmm. which is also kind of nice. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the, the people who are bashing it are like, um, it shouldn't matter. A anyone should be able to sit down at the table. But let's mm -hmm. be perfectly frank. Historically, that's mm -hmm. not what's happened. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. I, I tell you what this makes me think of. Um, this, this is sort of while I was away. I remember reading about it on Twitter from UK Games Expo. Mm -hmm. The GM who ran, uh, it wasn't Tales from the Loop, but it was the other one. Hmm. Uh, does anyone know what I'm talking about? Or no, I... I didn't see anything about this. Okay, so what happened was, so I, I'm, I'm Oh, go... yeah, yeah, okay. I'm going to go ahead and mm -hmm. um, put out a, a little bit of a trigger warning. Um, there is a bit of... Um, uh, sexual violence, mm -hmm. which I should never have to use those words in a tabletop yeah. setting, but here we yeah, are. Yeah, exactly. So uh, a GM thought it would be fun to uh, have have his players uh, be drugged and, and raped. What? And, and, yeah. And this wasn't a home game, This, which it, should, it shouldn't matter, but it wasn't like you couldn't even use the excuse, oh, well, they've known each other for years. No, this was a con game. This was at UK Games Expo. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it, I, 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 I think like a lot of what the Sorb Dream principles are saying is, I, like the way I interpret it is, we're not going to tolerate a lot of bad behavior anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, no, and it, sorry, go ahead. Ahead. no, I was just going to say, and the bad behavior, contrary to what some of these people are saying, is not hardwired into these games. You know? 
Mm-hmm. Some people, some people are saying, "Oh, well, you know, that kind of thing. Is, it's part of the the game. The violence, the all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff, is part of the game. It's not hardwired into the games. You can do things yeah. about it." Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, sorry, but talk- go ahead, go ahead, Liz. I'm I'm really sorry. To yeah. Well, well, no, I just say my. I I don't know. Like I I I'm kind of. I'm one of those folks. I love. I love OSR stuff. I love well, me seeing too. people kit bash, like like um, like things like Stars Without Numbers, mm-hmm. like which is, it's effectively old school D and D, but now it's in space. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of stuff, I think is so yeah. cool. Well, but I play in an OSR game basically. I play in a straight A and D and D game, and uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, but I'm saying, like, I, I tried to join the OSR G-plus community years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and even even when I thought I was, a, you know, a straight male, mm-hmm. uh, that did not go well. And I, I can't imagine doing it now. Well, that's something that the Sword Dream that I did learn about the history um, is basically um, when G-plus exploded, um, some of the OSR people fled to to a discord server and kept mm. talking about stuff you know some of the people who had problems with some of the same things we do and that's where sword dream was born so I, it came it came out of the google plus osr community but i, the, I i'm sorry I, I just i swear this sounds like something out of lord of the rings <laughs> like when google yep. plus exploded <laughs> many fled to the refuge of discord there they mm-hmm. continued the discussion that there they forged the sword that was the dream (laughs) i i I don't think they called the discord server numenor but you know it 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 could have (laughs) fit oh i hope so (laughs) (laughs) nothing would make me happier uh but i'm sorry anyway i interrupted no no i interrupted you I don't remember who interrupted who at this point. <laughs> I was talking about I was talking about how the games aren't aren't hardwired for toxicity, but um but I I am also in an OSR game. I'm in um, an AD and D game that's been going on for years and years and years, and the thing about about it is it's we it's people I've mostly played with for years and years and years and years, so they can get away with some stuff that I wouldn't let someone at a convention get away with. Yeah, but, exactly. They but, know your lines. Yeah, mostly. Mostly, <laughs> um, they've had to learn some new ones, uh, <laughs> but um, and and it's another. It's a great example of you don't have to agree with everything to sit down at the table with people, but it's not toxic, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think the GM would have some problems with it because with Sword Dream because he wouldn't like things being spelled out like that because he's um, a conservative libertarian, don't get me started. But mm-hmm. um, but I don't think deep down he would have any real issue. And I think some of the OSR people really do. But I don't want to diss OSR because mm-hmm. it was a great movie. Yeah. No, and it definitely brought out some cool stuff, like uh, Labyrinth Lord... Um, I, I mean uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics that I read yeah, earlier. Yeah, DCC, absolutely. 
I, I love DCC. I backed the fourth the fourth printing Kickstarter. I've got a nice leather bound version of it. My problem with DCC isn't the game. My problem is with DCC is the game that I was in. Oh. And mm-hmm. I don't want to diss our friend, but it was it really didn't work well. Um, and but I've on the other hand, you know, I mean. There are people who run it and who have a great time, and I like the idea mm-hmm. behind it. Absolutely, because it's it's basically old school D anD D, and that's that's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. but I think, it, and and you know, sometimes it's fun to just pull out you know the old games and run them the way mm-hmm. we used to back in nineteen. Yeah. But some sometimes we want a more complex game. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, what if all the orcs aren't evil? <laughs> I mean Yeah, exactly. You know, what if biology doesn't equal destiny? Um <laughs> hey, do, you, which, do, do you want me to blow your all's mind? Yeah. Go for it. Uh do you want to know the, the first time I played D and D? Sure. Two thousand two. Oh my hip! Oh. So okay, let let's do this. Um, <laughs> first, first time I was introduced to D and D, to D and D was I believe in 1982 with the basic set. But a friend of mine had um, his dad's books, so we didn't play real D and D. We only did a minimum of dice rolling. We played make it up as you go along dungeons, where I would be the player and he would be the DM. And, you know, it was really great. At one point, you know, my character went all through things and got transformed into a rainbow dragon and how I didn't know for 40 more years, 30 more years, I don't know. But so that, that and then I didn't really role play much until college. But, um, but that was my introduction to D&D. Yep. And mine was, uh, it might have been 82. It was somewhere, it was somewhere within a year or two of that. Uh, in like sixth grade, I think. Uh, no, fifth grade. Uh, and they had an after-school thing uh, on playing D and D. And you know, that was my life from now on. So. So okay, so this kind so kind of in conjunction with what we're talking about, this thought just occurred to me. Um. This argument, or not argument, but um, how do I want to put this? People who want things to be more emergent, who kind of want things to change, who are, are frustrated with the way things are and just want to try something new, mm-hmm. does this seem like an addition war? No. No? <laughs> not, no, because it's, it's not about additions, it's about emphases. Yeah, I I gotta agree with Cassie. This feels more like how do we take the tools we have and get the games we want? So you you could honestly you could do Sword Dream. You could apply these principles to any game that you wanted to. Um, you know, you you're gonna have. I mean, one of the one of the things in there is kit bashing. So. <laughs> It's it's basically saying, yeah, we don't necessarily have to live and die by the books. Mm-hmm. That, that's fair. I guess I was just thinking more along the lines of 
Uh, I guess I'm not sure what I was trying to think. So no. let's no, no, move past no. that. The question made sense. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. because um, addition bashing is definitely um, a major a major mm-hmm. thing in RPGs in general and D and D in particular. But honestly, okay, let me put it this way: I don't think it's addition bashing from the proponents. Mm-hmm. I think it comes closer to addition bashing from the opponents. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that's just a philosophical difference rather than mm-hmm. an actual because the proponents don't, from what I can tell and certainly for me if I'm going to embrace the, this thing the proponents don't believe that it needs to be a new edition, they believe that you can work with this framework mm-hmm. uh, in, in old editions I mean even if you're doing evil orcs and everything like that, you can still do it in a mm-hmm. way that works through this framework whereas the opponents see this as a new edition and believe mm-hmm. that it is completely incompatible, mm-hmm. um, or at least codifying things are completely incompatible with uh, with the, uh, the 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 games they want to play. Yeah, and honestly, I don't I don't know of any game edition that specifically says um, we you this game does not support creators gms players or organizers from marginal marginalized groups this is this is um a lot of the a lot of the intent here is actually around the meta style happening at the table rather than necessarily the rules of the game per se exactly so who gets to talk when who gets to complain about things who gets to um who gets to ask for things yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it does it does affect the content of the game because you know mm-hmm. we we'd prefer to not have the homophobia, the transphobia, the racism, etc. Mm-hmm. in the game. Thank you very much. But yeah, but yeah, I think it, it it's opening up the game and making it more inclusive and wanting to bring more people into the hobby, especially the OSR type type games. Yeah. Okay, so. That was that was all, okay. You guys, you guys hit all the points I wanted to make. I tried to think of what I wanted to say. Oh, yay! No, We're no, on the same no. page. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, I don't know. I was uh, <laughs> so I did that. I I also did a Google search for for this <laughs> when when Fran or Fran when Cassie sent yeah. it to me. Um. <laughs> I was like, huh, I I thought maybe I had seen this, but I wanted to, I was looking for more information. So I also came across that same um, RPG.net post. Yeah, that was pretty toxic. Yikes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't understand why people are so upset by this. I guess I don't know. Maybe I'm being overly simplistic, but they they say there. I saw there was something on the the thing that there was a um, a Facebook group that they wouldn't let people in unless they you agreed with their politics. I could not find a group on Facebook. If one of our listeners knows what the group is, then please let me know, and I would love to join it. But um, you know, personally. It's not, it doesn't seem to me to be about politics. It seems to me to be about not being an asshole. And mm-hmm. if you're an asshole, I don't want you to join my group either. Well, and I, and I have to wonder if 
they're using politics as a shorthand for, hey, respect someone's pronouns. Don't be a jerk. Mm -hmm. uh, that kind yeah. of thing. Well, I mean, yes. <laughs> respect someone's pronouns yeah. alone is, um, is to some people anathema. It's, it means you're a weak, horrible snowflake and blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's absolutely politics to some people. For me, it's life. For you, it's life. Yep. Well, I, I, I think ultimately I like what these folks are saying. I want to know more. Like, I want, I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to check out this uh, uh, game jam. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd be interested to watch that. If I wasn't, if I wasn't gonna have to be away again this month, I might have, I might, I might have participated. But uh, unfortunately, I have to travel at the end of the month. Mm. But mm. it looks interesting. I'm definitely gonna be watching it. Yeah. Also, apparently, if you um, look for the um, uh, the hashtag Sword Dream, there's a lot of stuff on Twitter. Huh. Mm -hmm. But. Um, I've only been able to see a small amount of it so far. Um, actually, so don't remind me. So, um, itch. Dot, it, is it itch.io? Itch, how do you say it? I don't know. I've got it somewhere I'm here. I would have said itch.io myself. Itch.io? I always think of itch.io. Yeah. Like, hey, cool kids, if you're listening to this, first of all, why? Second of all, <laughs> tell us how it's pronounced or, or what what it's actually called. Um, anyway, though, yeah, I, I kind of feel like a lot of cool indie stuff is getting created over on that space. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Well, the only video game I've played in the past uh, decade, really, has been, has I've gotten it from that space. So, so yeah, that that's my only... Uh, encounter with it so far. Mm. Oh, I'm gonna have to send you. Uh, actually, I've been I've been playing a video game that I think you would love. Okay. Uh, Stardew Valley. Oh, don't send mm. me Stardew Valley. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. um, no, the video game. I basically the 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 thing that got me. It was a visual novel, um, which I'd never heard of before. I'm like, what's a visual novel? And they're like, it's a choose your own adventure book. Give it to me. Um, it's called Heart of the Woods, <laughs> and it was. Basically, oh, yeah. it's yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's supernatural, uh, romance, mystery, and it's Yuri. So of course, it spoke to me mm -hmm. terribly, terribly hard. Um, and there's a, a normal rated, and there's an 18 plus rated. So you can choose what you want to see. <laughs> um, but it's it's really, really good. Well, I think that's a good segue into movie, into shout-outs. I have so much to shout mm. I've been so, saving it up for two weeks. <laughs> okay, well, then, Kathy, why don't you go first? What do you okay. have to shout-out? So, um, first shout-out, um, and probably the most important one, uh, while I was uh, in the hospital while my wife was having her surgery, um, I finally read Mia Violet's book, um, Yes, You Are Trans Enough which is her memoir. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've known Mia since almost since I joined Twitter and this book sat in my to, to be bought later cart in Amazon for 
like eight months and I finally got mm -hmm. a copy and read it and it is incredible. I mean, she and I are very, very different. You know, she's like 20 years younger than I am, but, uh, well, 18 years younger than I am. But, um, <laughs> and she's had to go through the British system, which is mm -hmm. hell. Um, yeah. and, and everything like that. But so much of it resonated with me. And, you know, as I said to her on Twitter, I, um, I cried a little for her. I cried a little for me. And I, it, it's just so good. Everybody, trans or cis, should read this book. Um, and possibly follow Mia. She's at OhMiaGod, O-H-M-I-A-G-O-D on Twitter. Um, and she is a, she is a wonderful wellspring of positivity and community and everything. But the book, Yes, You Are Trans Enough, it's available at Amazon and I'm sure elsewhere. I cannot recommend it enough. Mm -hmm. Um, so my second shout out is, uh, for another trans related thing. It's, um, last Saturday, a week ago Saturday, I went uh, to uh, the Volunteer Park Pride Festival here in Seattle, um, and I saw live a musician who I really love. Um, her stage name is Left at London, and she she's done she's mostly known for her vines. She did a lot of comedy vines throughout the past few years before Vine shut down. But she's been doing a lot of music lately. Her music is fantastic, and. Mm. Um, and again, and if you're trans, it'll it'll speak to you even more. I think um, you can find it all on YouTube and I think Spotify, and it's all on Bandcamp. Um, she's about to put. She has two EPs. She's about to put an album out, or she's working on an album. And um, her big hit, which is actually uh, was which was actually an international hit, was called is called Revolution Lover. But my favorite song by her, which I think is a perfect illustration of my feelings after a year out of the closet, well, a little over a year, is a song called I Can't Trust You Anymore, which is just a wonderful piece of music. Um, it's just, it speaks to me very deeply. And my third shout-out is that I'm just over halfway through the second season of, of Agritsuko, which dropped on mm. Friday. And mm -hmm. if you haven't watched Agritsuko watch it it is mm -hmm. fantastic it's on netflix little bites of delightful rage oh gosh you have you seen any of season two yet uh no i haven't okay it's it's to to the next level <laughs> anyway uh, that's it for me i'm sorry <laughs> okay oh that's fine uh, let me see. So my shout outs. Well, my first one really has to be uh, there's a series on HBO called Gentleman Jack, <laughs> which has been mentioned a couple of times on here. And um, Liz is right. You need this show in your brain. Um, it's uh, it's uh, it's a it's a it's an an English comedy slash drama of manners about Victorian times and the main character is basically kind of a lesbian rake and uh, she's absolutely stunning. The music gets in my head. That damn theme song still is playing up in here uh, and it's uh, beautifully written, 
really well thought out. The characters are really interesting. All of the characters and their interplay is really fascinating. There are definitely lots of horrible sort of tear-jerking moments if you're queer and you're imagining what it must have been like for all of our brothers and sisters and nisters who went before us. But uh, it's it's just absolutely marvelous and an awful lot of fun. Um, and I haven't gotten very far into it yet, but I got to give a shout out to my friend and fellow author, uh, Robin McPherson. Uh, his novel Erebus, E-R-E-B-U-S, has just uh, has just hit Amazon, and uh, it's. Uh, a science fiction thriller and I'm enjoying what I've seen of it so far and I've read his other books I strongly recommend if uh, you like urban fantasy that you check out Stormcaller which is uh, his uh, really really nifty book about a, uh, a lesbian witch living in Seattle who comes into her power and uh, all kinds of exciting things happen around that and give uh, that, that author's name again uh, Robin McPherson, M-A-C, uh, uh, P-H-E-R-S-O-N. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Sorry, I'm tired. And um, uh, uh, further shout-outs to Green Ronin for creating the Expanse role-playing game so that I don't have to homebrew a system when I want to browbeat my friends into playing in a science fiction setting. So. Hmm. Uh, so I'm going to give a big shout-out to A-Camp, mm. which was where I was last week. Um, I will say uh, I did get to see the finale of Gentleman Jack about two days before anyone else. Oh, nice. I haven't seen it yet, so no spoilers. No spoilers, but <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um um, no, A-Camp was incredible. Uh, I got to meet Roxanne Gay. Uh, I got to see B. Steadwell perform. Uh, for those of you who don't know her, she's a, uh, uh, she's a queer artist. Her breakout hit song is called Gay Sex. Mm. Uh, you should listen to it, because it's amazing. <laughs> uh, uh, I, uh, I slammed in the pool. Yay! Like, that slammed... is fantastic. Uh, I swam almost every day. Oh. It was so good. Um, uh, a camp, a, a camp is the best. Uh, so that was like, like we're we're looking at pictures. Like, like there's there's a hashtag on Instagram that everyone's using. So, like we've just um, my my girlfriend and I have just been sitting there looking at pictures, and we're like, oh, there's everybody, or, oh, that's that event from a different angle, oh, I didn't go to that, it was, it's, uh, it's just so much fun. Um, what else, what else? Uh, oh, um, shout out to, um, or we've been watching um, Westworld. Mm. Uh, I promise we're not sponsored by HBO, that being said, <laughs> HBO, you sponsored A Camp, hit us up, we don't need mm -hmm. much. Um, yeah. but, uh, but, oh man, Westworld is so good. Have, have either of you seen this? I have, I have actually. Yeah, oh, I've watched my... the first two seasons and I'm looking forward to the third. Oh my God. So we're on season one. Uh, the man in black, 
I don't know what his deal uh-huh. is, but oh, holy crap. Yep. Yeah, no, it's 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 really interesting. I it just as a warning, if you have triggers, this show will find them and it will stand on them. Um so uh I there there hopefully there's a content warning site out someplace where you can find out what to what horrors to expect in any given episode, but if you like cyberpunk and and kind of eerie dystopian science fiction it's really interesting it's a great exploration of humanity and what makes someone a person i am just realizing since you mentioned cyberpunk that we didn't get to anything that we were planning on talking mm-hmm. about about cyberpunk this week yeah well we had other oh, cool well. stuff to talk about yeah so. oh well mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, I, I mean, listen, if you're if you're listening to us, you're probably on Twitter, you're probably following the discourse. Mm-hmm. You know the drill. Things suck. Yeah. But not entirely. Not entirely, cuz yeah. we're here. <laughs> um Yeah, no. So, uh like I said, Westworld super good, only on season 1, like halfway through it, I think. Uh, it's, uh, it's scratching an itch I didn't know I had. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's going to do it for me. Uh, anything, any final thoughts anybody wants to, wants to throw in there? Buy my book. It's yeah, called okay, Vigilant so... Through Shadows and Dreams, part one, uh, book one, and it's on Amazon and it's on drive through fiction as print on demand and electronic and it's even on Barnes and Noble for the four of you who still remember what bookstores were. Yay, Fran actually did it this week. <laughs> so I, I really think uh do either of you listen to our PPR? No. Uh podcaster Ross Payton, he does this thing by my book. <laughs> I want to see if I can get him to record that well, as that, a soundbite and send it. That he, comes from he a, lived... a TV show called The Critic. That yeah. It's what Fran is referring to every time. Yeah, where, it's where um, we both got it. Yeah, where basically the, the character writes, who's voiced I'll by John... I'll post a clip of it on Twitter. Yeah, who's voiced by John Lovitz writes a book. And so there's a little standee that's just moving its hand saying, buy my book. Okay. Buy my book. I know. I know. We junk. Uh, we we junk. That's where my brain is. Um, uh, I know we joke about you know me being young, but I do know the critic. Okay, <laughs> I, good. Uh, no, no. It sucks. Yes, mm-hmm. it yep. stinks. It, it stinks. stinks. It stinks. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but they yeah, yeah they used to air reruns of it on Adult Swim. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. Sigh. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, on that uh, on that dystopian note, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, gang. Uh, join us next time when I'm sure we'll have interesting things to say. And and who are not- you? And uh, remember, your house cat might be a robot. <laughs> that's that's what you should be taking away from this episode. Okay, so, and like you that. are. Oh, yeah. Once again, I'm Liz. You can find me on Twitter at little underscore Lizzie 22. I am Cassie. You can find me on Twitter at at tip transformed. 
And I'm Fran, and I still have to look up my Twitter handle because I'm Ronald and Valor. Ronald and Valor, yeah. Spell it for the people. R O N E L Y N V A L O R, because I'm a spell checker. That's what I do. <laughs> and uh, we can be found on Facebook at uh, Tabletop Transmissions. That's the name of the page. And we can be found on Twitter at. Uh, hold, please. We can be found on Twitter. <laughs> Remember, folks, we're professionals. <laughs> at uh, Transmissions. And spell that. Uh, that is T-R-A-N-S-M-I-S-T-I-O-N-S. And we can be found on Podbean, on iTunes. Please leave comments on iTunes, and please feel free to leave comments on the Facebook or the Twitter or our personal Twitters. We really want—we haven't gotten any feedback hardly, and we really like to know how we're doing. Yeah, let us know and uh, buy Fran's book. Buy Fran's book. <laughs> uh, you can't see it, but I just did finger guns. Ah, excellent! <laughs> it's always time for finger finger guns. It's- it is. And yep. on that note, since it is time for Finger Guns, we will catch you all next week. All right. Have a good week, everybody. Right. Yep. Take care.